Let's talk about the soaring cost of rent in Metro Vancouver and beyond. Once again, Vancouver has set the Canadian benchmark record here. The highest rents in the country. $3,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment. Pushing 4000 for a two-bedroom. Who can afford this? Forget about buying a home. That's become impossible for many. Just renting a place is becoming unaffordable. Okay, how does this happen in a province with rent control? 2%, that is the maximum annual rent, allowable rent increase in BC this year, 2%. It has been set at 3.5% next year. Here's the thing, though. That only applies to existing tenants. If a tenant moves out, someone else moves in, the landlord can charge whatever rent he wants. There's no maximum cap. So that leads to the campaign now for what's called vacancy control. How would that work? It would tie the maximum rent hike to the actual housing unit, to the apartment, to the home. Even with the new tenant, you would face a maximum rent cap. Have a listen to Stephanie Smith here, president of the BCGEU union, calling for this yesterday. So, for example... A two-bedroom renting for $2,300 a month can't just be hiked to $3,300 a month for a new tenant moving in. All right, let's discuss this campaign now with my guest, Carrie Michaels, BCGEU Executive Vice President. Carrie, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Good morning. Good morning to you. Okay, so let's talk about this campaign, uh, vacancy control. So how would this work now? Like what would be the maximum? Let's say they did this and you have a new tenant moves in. What would be the maximum rent increase? Right now it's unlimited. What would it be under vacancy control? Yeah, so with vacancy control, the landlord would not be able to increase the rent to whatever they want it to be, which is what currently is in place. And so they would be uh, obligated to rent that unit out to a tenant either at the same rent the prior tenant was was paying or at the maximum allowable increase set by the province for um, for tenants, which currently is what we have for existing tenancy agreements. But as you mentioned, doesn't apply to new tenants. Right. So this year, 2%. So let's say one tenant moves out, a new tenant moves in. Then you'd only be allowed, you could potentially increase the rent for that new tenant, but only by two percent. Yeah, and that's um, based on how how the government implements uh, these policies. And we see there's you know different uh, policy mechanisms that are implemented in different jurisdictions. Um, and you know we've we've pointed to those in our study. Um, for example, Manitoba has vacancy control, and they they have. Um, instances where it applies to, for example, landlords who have four or more units. So it's it's definitely something that the government can implement uh, in a way that works for, um, for renters in our province. Yeah. What about, okay, so I know the landlords who are listening to this right now, they're grinding their teeth listening to this because they're saying, hang on a second, you, you want to put a cap on rent. What about my input costs here? That There's no cap on that. So my input costs are going up. Property taxes, uh, insurance, repairs, interest rates on, on my mortgage. This is all going up, up, up. And now you're saying, I, you know, I'm not going to be allowed to recover any of this with a rent hike. What do you say to that? 
Yeah, I mean, renters firsthand understand the the pain of inflation and costs going up. You know, we we are experiencing that too. And and for a lot of us, you know, if we move, our rents are increasing fifty percent when our wages just aren't keeping up. And so we we recognize that you know there are costs to. Um, uh, running housing. And right now, yeah. the Residential Tenancy Act actually allows for landlords to recoup those costs if they demonstrate that it's impacting their ability to operate. And so what vacancy control does is it makes that the exception, not the rule. And right now, you know, landlords, uh, particularly large corporate investor landlords, are able to increase yeah. rents to um, above market rates, which is driving up the cost of housing for everyone. Okay, it sounds like, though, the idea sounds like you're calling on landlords to effectively subsidize the rental costs for their for their tenants, because if you're going to say to them, okay, if you will bring in a new tenant, you can only raise the rent, let's say, 2%, even though their costs might be going up by, who knows, double digits, 10% or more, with inflation going on. So effectively, you're, you're calling on the landlords to kind of eat eat some of those costs, right? Basically subsidize for their tenants. I mean, is that a fair well, I, fair interpretation of it? Well, actually what we see when we look at the implementation of uh, rent regulation in a variety of different places, so whether it's the US, Canada, Europe, um, in fact, multi multifamily housing as a sector is profitable regardless of whether these regulations exist. And so we aren't convinced that this is um, detrimental to the operation of housing. And in fact, right now, um, vulnerable people, the vast majority of renters in BC are at risk of facing eviction and doubling their rents just because landlords have an incentive to get them out of their buildings so that they can increase yeah. the rent to what they want. And and this kind of profit seeking is just, it's, it's not acceptable. We've had four decades of the current market um, creating unaf runaway unaffordability, and we need the government to regulate uh, uh, rents between, uh, between tenancies as well. Right. Speaking to Carrie Michaels, is the campaign for stricter rent control in British Columbia, including for for new tenants, should they face a cap on their rent hikes? So here's the, the thing that I, I think where this could badly backfire if it was brought in. If you brought this in and you had tenants throw or landlords throw up their arms and say, you know what, I'm done. I, I'm done with this. Uh, I can't. Uh, this is this is not fair to me. It's not affordable to me. I'm not going to rent out anymore. Or maybe I'll, I'll put my place up for rent on Airbnb instead where these type of caps don't apply. And we're seeing a huge surge in Airbnb rentals in, in BC. Let me play a clip here for you, uh, Carrie, from Tom Davidoff, UBC professor. Here he is talking on this on this plan and how it could backfire. Listen. It's dicey because when you punish people for deciding to rent out their properties, obviously you run the risk that people are going to be less likely to rent their properties out. Yeah. So if that happens, I mean, you could have, you could have fewer rental properties available. I mean, this would be a disaster. How do you respond to that? 
Um, that would be a disaster, but that's not what we see when these regulations are in place. And in fact, studies over both uh, the U.S. in terms of New Jersey, as well as over a 50-year study in Lyon, France, found that over a period of 50 years, there was no evidence that real estate and landowner profitability declined because of these kinds of controls. And, you know, this threat that landlords won't rent out their, their units, you know, this is something that we hear all the time when these kinds of regulations are being advocated for. And we just do not see um, this happening when, when these regulations are in place. And in fact, as a union, you know, we hear from employers when we're organizing workplaces, oh, we're going to have to shut this place down or we'll have to fire people. And in fact, once the workers unionize and they they negotiate a collective agreement, the employer right. adjusts to that circumstance. And in this case, we see the same thing with landlords and particularly corporate landlords and investors who are profiting off of this current situation and creating instability for over a million renters in B.C., how do you explain, therefore, the surge in Airbnb suites and rentals in British Columbia? I mean, you've got thousands of Airbnbs. And when you go on Airbnb and take a look at the places that are available in BC, sometimes you'll see these places typically rent for $200, $300 a night. So, and you can understand why landlords, okay, I'm forget about renting this out to a long-term renter. I'm just going to put this on Airbnb instead because I'm fed up with these rent controls and, and these type of ideas. I mean, isn't the yeah, surge in Airbnb kind of evidence of that? Well, we what we've advocated for since we launched our Affordable BC campaign in 2017 is tighter controls around short-term rentals because we see this even without regulations in place restricting tenants uh, rent increases between tenancies, they are continuing to seek out uh, higher profitability. And this yeah. is one of the ways that the government needs to look at the myriad of complex market factors. It's not vacancy control that causes this behavior and they need to regulate short-term rentals so that this this can't be the outcome. And they they are, they're increasing the the. Uh, rules around where you can have short-term rentals, how many units you can own that you you rent out as a short-term rental. And, and these yeah. are the kinds of things that we need to be seeing because ultimately when it comes down to it, multifamily housing will continue. It is, it is uh, you know, a quite a, a profitable sector, even when we see these kinds of regulations in place. And this is a way to stop the loss of affordable units. Thousands of affordable units are being lost every year because we do not uh, protect tenancies and, and we do not protect renters between tenancies. Carrie, thank you for coming on today to talk about this. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Happy to uh, chat about this anytime.